Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic to discuss today is, is the tribulation about to start? The tribulation is the last seven years, the seven years just before Jesus returns. So the first question, since we're going to talk about just how close we are or possibly could be to the start of the tribulation, we have to ask ourselves, well, what starts the tribulation? How do we know that we are in the tribulation? Well, for two particular reasons. First of all, Daniel 9.27 says, And he should confirm the covenant for many, with many for one week. That means, and the word there in Hebrew is one shabu, or one seven. Meanings that there's going to be a covenant that will be confirmed that starts the seven years, the last seven years. Now, that's one reason. The second reason, we go to Revelation chapter 6. Because if the tribulation were about to start, wouldn't we have to see some nations building their war machine and moving it in to place to use it? I mean, you, it, that's an easy thing to spot. If you're having several nations that are continuing to spend large amounts of money on their war machine, all kinds of missiles and tanks and submarines and things like that, you can spot that. That's in the news. That's in the headlines. And then if they were moving it into place, it's one thing to build it, but it's another thing to move it in place. If they're building it, that tells us that it's pretty close. But if they're having built it, and then if they're moving it into place to use it, moving it into place to threaten another nation, that's big. That's huge. Now, again, we can know that at prophecy students because we know the scriptures. So let's go to where it talks about that. Revelation chapter 6. And I saw when the Lamb, that's Jesus, opened one of the seals, meaning this is the first of seven seals that will be opened. When this first seal is opened, this starts the tribulation. No question. So when we see a covenant, when we see war start, that is the sign. So what do we watch for? If we want to know when the tribulation is getting close, that's what we watch for. We watch for the buildup of military and that military items being moved into place. I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. I saw and behold a white horse. Now, I used to think that this white horse was probably the Catholic Pope. Uh, not correct. Uh, when I memorized the book of Revelation, there was a couple of things I changed my opinion on. And this is one of them. And that's about the four horsemen. This is not the Catholic Church. It's not the Pope. It has nothing to do with him. It's not evil. This is an angel on a white horse that is sent out by God to start war. What? God starts wars? Oh, brothers and sisters, you better know that he does. Deuteronomy 32, I kill, I make alive. I wound, I heal. And neither can any deliver out of my hand. You better know that when there is a war, it was God behind it. Yes, yes, I know that there are evil things on earth that start that. Yes, but he allows it. Sometimes he causes it. Now, let's go back to it. And I saw and behold a white horse. This is an angel on a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. What do you call that? That's war, brothers and sisters. That's war. All right, now, I know from past experience that if I get into talking too much about prophecy, I lose you. So, I'm going to then jump from prophecy, and I'm going to go right to a news article I just received 
from Robert McGinnis, and he sends out, he's a researcher, okay? He sends out all kinds of good information about what's going on out there. Here he goes, March 20, 2019. Subject, posturing speaks loudly about interests. U.S. troops, aircraft, and ships posture, posture? What's posturing? Uh, brothers and sisters, that's what I've been talking about. That is moving the war machine into place for war. Aircraft and ships posture against China and Russia. Posturing speaks loudly about interest. U.S. troops, aircraft, ships posturing against China and Russia, he says. The U.S. military postures itself in areas across the world to message our adversaries and to encourage our foreign partners. Thus, it should surprise no one that our nuclear bombers, troops, and ships are shadowing Russian and Chinese forces across the world where we exercise to hone readiness, 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 did you hear that? Exercise to hone readiness and message our adversaries. What's that saying? Brothers and sisters, that's saying that World War III is approaching, and World War III may very well be the first seal. Now, I pray about this a lot of times. Lord, is World War III the start of the, of the first seal? Or is when Russia attacks America the start of the world, world of the first seal? Sorry, I hadn't got an answer yet. But since at this particular time, for this particular broadcast, we're trying to determine how far away we might be from the start of the tribulation. Well, here it is. They are posturing, according to what he says. Let's go on. This week... Nuclear-capable U.S. Air Force B-52 Stratoforce bombers flew training flights over both Europe and the Pacific Rim near China and Russia to message, again, that's they're heading to war, brothers and sisters, to message our adversaries that the United States is watching and intends to defend its vital interests. The increase in such efforts is to, in part, of the emergent new Cold War with those near-peer adversaries. Uh, who's the Cold War? Well, when we did away with that treaty between us and Russia, they announced that the Cold War war has started again. And, of course, China has been building up their military for 20 years. All right, let's go on. Those strategic bomber sorties were coordinated by European Command, that's out of Stuttgart, Germany, Indo-Pacific Command, Honolulu, and the Strategic Command, that's out of Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska, to, quote, promote transparency and communicate our intentions, said U.S. officials. Now, let's pause that article. Let's go back to Bible prophecy. So he says, the, the white horse is starting war. Now, let's go on. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. Again, this is an angel of the Lord that is on a red horse that has been sent out to start a war. Let's go on. Another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. Power was given to him to sat thereon to take peace, to take peace, to take peace from the earth. Did you get that? And that they should kill one another. What's that? Brothers and sisters, that's war. And there was given in him a great sword. Now, that means that this particular angel that is given a great sword has the capability of starting, I believe, world wars. It's not small wars. This is not like the Muslims against the Muslims. Not those kind of wars. Okay, this is not like what's going on in Venezuela. Okay, this 
is nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. This is a major war. Now, let's go back to the article. Again, can't stay on prophecy too long. On Monday, B-52s flew from the RAF Fairford, England, over the Norwegian Sea, the Baltic Sea, Estonia, the Mediterranean Sea, and Greece. Russia watched the bombers, and that country's state news service TASS reported the aircraft flew over the Baltic Sea, remaining 95 miles from Russian territorial waters. Okay, now what's going on? Okay, if you've been following the news, you know that the Russians have been flying close to us with their bombers now for years. <laughs> no big deal, no surprise. But we haven't heard that the U.S. has been flying, basically saying, drawing a line into the sand, saying, I dare you to step over that. Now, for the first time that I can recall, we're getting news reports that the U.S. is now drawing a line in the sand, saying, dare you to step over that. In other words, we're flying, we're, we're, we're egging a fight. Okay, now Russia's been egging a fight for a long time. But now with Trump, with his beefed up military, is now saying, look it, you guys got to stay in your ballpark to play. We're going to stay in our ballpark to play, but we're going to see you stay over in your ballpark to play. You see that fence? You don't come over that fence. We got war. That's what they're saying. Now, let's go on. On Russia's opposite flank, the U.S. Air Force Pacific launched B-52 bombers from Anderson Air Force Base, Guam, to conduct theater familiarization, unquote, in the Indo-Pacific region. Those bombers flew north from Guam to the Katcha, I can't say the word, peninsula in Russia's far east. A week ago, B-52s flew from Anderson over the contested islands in the South China Sea. Artificial inlets, heavily armed by China's PLA, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo visited the Philippines where he committed the U.S. to ensuring the South China Sea remains open and that China does not pose a threat, unquote, of closing disputed sea lanes. So what's going on? I'm telling you, the war machine I believe, has already been built up. I believe that China and Russia and America already have a war machine and probably others, Europe and others. They already have a war machine built up enough to where they can use it. I think they're prepared to go to World War III right now. They're prepared. Whatever the next, whether it's World War III or the start of the tribulation, whatever you want to call the next war, they are, please listen, listen. This is what I do, okay? Bible prophecy and time. So please, I mean, I know by the Spirit. I know by the Spirit I'm right. They're prepared, and they're now moving the equipment into place. Now, does that mean they're going to have a war next week? No, probably not. But it does mean that it could start any month now, for sure any year now. Okay, so now let's go back to Bible prophecy. Now, we've already covered the first seal, the second seal, but what does the third seal? And he said, he opened the third seal. I heard the third beast say, come and see, and I beheld, oh, listen, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat upon had had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice out of the midst of the four beasts say, Measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Now what's that saying? Let me just tell you, I have done hours of research on that one particular verse. What's it saying? From all of those hours and from what I believe the Lord spoke to my heart, essentially what it's saying is this. It's saying that things will be very expensive. Food, please listen, food will become very expensive. That's what it's saying. A measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, 
and see thou hurt not the oil of wine. See now, if what it's saying is is that the wheat, that's what we eat. Whereas barley, that's what our animals eat. And let me just tell you, if you eat barley, if you eat just pure barley, if you eat a lot of it, you think frijoles give you gas, because I've tried it, you ain't never had anything until you had barley. Just barley? Oh, in other words, what I'm trying to say is barley is not designed for humans to eat, in my opinion. So it's a measure, measuring wheat, what we eat, against what it costs to feed our animals. And when it says a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny, it's saying that wheat has now become very expensive. That's the point of it. It's saying that food is getting scarce. It's hard to come by. It's very expensive. And then when it said, see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Yes, we are talking about things that we consume. We do consume oil. We do consume wine. But in my studies and what I feel like that that is talking about, you remember on the day of Pentecost, when they were speaking in tongues, some people said, why, these men are drunk. And somebody else says, no, 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 they're not drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Meaning that being filled with Holy Spirit is representative of that word wine. And then oil, well, what is it that the ten virgins had to have to get into the marriage supper? What was oil? Oil is representative of salvation. I believe what it's saying, do not hurt the oil, those that are saved, and wine, those that are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, that confirms with what Maurice Scalar was told. In his courtroom of heaven vision, he was told that those that abide in the secret place, I will provide and protect. Let me say it again. That's real important. First question is, what's the secret place? Well, Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So what's the secret place? It's the prayer closet. It's getting on your knees every day and telling your God you love him. It's worshiping him. See, worship is telling God who he is and that you love him for it. Praise is telling God what he does and that you love him for it. Praise and worship meaning that those people that are saved, filled the Holy Spirit, and abide in the secret place, they have a prayer closet. And I have a whole DVD out on building a prayer closet. Matter of fact, it's one of the most popular DVDs I ever did. I still have people come up to me, man, I watched that DVD. Man, that was so powerful. And I did the DVD, I don't know, five years ago. Go get it, building a prayer closet. You go to watchprophecyclub.com, watch it immediately, or you can go order the DVD from Prophecy Club. Anyway, means that. If you are saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and if you have a prayer closet, then he will provide and he will protect. He will provide, he will protect. And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. Now, that word pale, you could call it green. And his name that sat thereon was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over a fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, with the beasts of the earth. I can, yeah, again, 40 years studying, teaching Bible prophecy. I've heard so many people come up with, oh, well, it's a pale horse, so it must be like mustard gas because it's green. I mean, all kinds of things. What is this? Let me just tell you, from memorizing the book of Revelation, what I believe that that is saying is it's another 
heavenly being, another heavenly angel that is literally pale or green, riding a horse, and to him was given power. His name is set on whose death, and hell followed with him. But they're, they're not devils. These are angels of God doing his will, bringing his judgment. See, the whole seven-sealed book is a book of judgment. Who is worthy to open the book and loose the seals thereof? No man in heaven, nor on the earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man found worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. One of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So the seven-sealed book is the book of judgment. See, if you've done it, then Satan is going to say, well, then if you've done it, you can't accuse somebody else. That's the reason Jesus had to be holy in order to be the righteous judge. He had to be perfect in order to be able to open the seven-sealed judgment book. So when he says here, a pale horse, death was his name and hell followed with him is because it's a holy angel bringing judgment on the earth. You got to be holy to bring the judgment, you see. And when it says sword, hunger, death with the beasts of the earth, what's that? Once again, that's war. Now, after the four seals, after all of this war, then it said, I opened the fifth seal. And I saw under the altar the souls of those that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Well, what's that? Brothers and sisters, that's our brothers and sisters that refused to bend the knee to the mark of the beast, his image, or the mark of his number. We refused to go along with him, and so consequently, we gave our life to glorify our God. That's the reason it says, How long, O Lord? Holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? White robes are going to be given to every one of us. And it was said unto us, that we should rest yet for a little season, I'm putting us in there instead of the way it says it, until our fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed, as they were, should be fulfilled. Meaning that for some of us, we get the opportunity to die for our Lord. Oh, don't worry if that scares you, that unless God gives you the strength, you'll probably not, you'll probably bend the knee and take the mark. But I want to believe those people that are listening today would be none of the same. All right, now let's go back, because I'm trying to show you just how close we could be to the tribulation. So let's go back to the article. Soldiers from the Army's 1st Armored Division, Fort Bliss, Texas, arrived in Berlin Tuesday as part of a group of 1,500 arriving this week. They're heading for Poland, where they would join their armored vehicles, move forward from a pre-positioned site in Netherlands. The troops will conduct maneuvers with Polish forces to test our ability to rapidly surge combat units to Europe. Americans would be surprised where our forces posture around the globe in order to secure our national interest against, quote, near-peer adversaries such as Russia and China, and other adversaries where, where such as terrorist groups, drug cartels, rogue regimes like the Islamic Republic of Iran posturing, now let me pause again, when it says posturing, understand that what they're doing is drawing a line in the sand. They're saying, you step over that, we got war. And they're moving their war machine into place. Let's go on. Posturing American forces across the globe under the sea, in the air, and on the ground is necessary to ward off 
our many adversaries. This explains the considerable investment in our armed forces and why America must remain vigilant against those who seek our demise. Meanwhile, back in Europe, U.S. soldiers poured into Germany in the first test of a rapid deployment exercise to bolster NATO's presence in Eastern Europe in the event of Russian aggression. So, brothers and sisters, do we think that the tribulation is close? Uh, yes, we do. Now, it has long been my belief that probably the fall of America takes place before the tribulation. Again, I've been praying and praying and praying, trying to get an answer on exactly what the first seal is. And I can't seem to get an answer. I want to believe that that's actually the start of when Russia attacks America and the fall of America. I want to believe that we don't have that long for this filth and this mess and this bloodshed is all over. But let's go to the scriptures again. Daniel 7 verse 2. This is talking about the four beasts. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, behold, four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts, I believe these are the superpowers, came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion, that's England, and had eagle's wings, that's America. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked. Now, I used to think that this was the fall of America. But once again, when we start memorizing, so there I told you I'm working on memorizing Daniel too. When we start memorizing the scripture, God gives us a, an, an increased depth, a deeper understanding of it. And I've now come to understand that's actually not the fall of America. That's America being removed from England and across, you know, like Columbus uh, to start a new nation. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. And I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, means that our forefathers were removed from England, mostly, and brought over to the new world. And it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. That's the forming of America. And behold, another beast, a second, likened to a bear. There's your Russian bear. Raised itself up on one side. And if you look at Russia, it is almost non-existent on the eastern portion of Russia. Most of Russia's strength and population and military might is on the western side of Russia, so it fits perfectly. It had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it, and they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. Now, it take me too long to explain those three ribs, but I can explain them. But that'll get me off my point, so let's go on. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, that's your Muslims, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. That means the Muslim caliphate, although right now I was watching the news this morning, they're saying, oh, the caliphate is almost dead. Oh, uh, ISIS is just about dead. Uh, yeah, well, uh, you may think so, but that's not what the prophecies say. The prophecies say that the leopard is going to rise. It will have four nations that will be working together. Each of those four nations will have a head. That's what it's saying. And then it has the word dominion. Now, that's a big word in King James. See, because when Jesus is given a kingdom and dominion, means that you watch the Muslims will rise. They will have their caliphate. They will be a power to reckon with. They will be strong. So, no, we are not killing ISIS. It's not going away. 
It's not, brothers and sisters. It's not, it's not, it's not. Okay, let's go on. So four wings of a fowl, that's four nations. And the beast also had four heads. Each nation has a leader and dominion was given to it. Now, here we come to where we are. And by the way, that third beast is not in place yet. And that's sort of good news because that's kind of telling us we might have a few years. After this, I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast. That's your world government. Dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. It had great iron teeth. Now, iron, well, that's talking about the Roman Empire. And later on in the prophecy, also says it has uh, nails of brass. Of course, that's also referring to the Roman or the, the European Empire too. Behold, the fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, had great iron teeth, and it devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. Means that when this fourth world government or the world government comes into place, it's going to tread down all of the rest of the world. It's going to bring all the rest of the world under its feet, under its control. And it was diverse from all the other beasts that were before it. And here it is, here it is. It had 10 horns, meaning that it stamps the residue. It destroys all of the other nations, all the other nation states. They all agreed to their power under the beast until the words of God should be fulfilled, so says Revelation. And it divides the seven continents of the globe into 10 global regions. That's what it's saying. No, this is not in my book. My book is all about Revelation and putting the events of Revelation into place. So the conclusion of the point of the broadcast today is, yes, we are getting close to the start of the tribulation. Bottom line, bottom line, it's very close. The sevenfold miracle crusade is the start of the greatest miracle revival in American history. I'm sure of it. We're building an army of prophecy teachers and miracle workers to bring in the remaining names in the book of life. People who feel a desire to teach prophecy to a scared, uninformed public in panic having found themselves in the end times unprepared without understanding. People who desire to be used in sevenfold miracles greater than any in the past should be at this crusade. We will all break our three-day consecutive fast at our Passover meal, April 19th, and follow the footsteps of Moses through Passover, unleavened bread, to the crossing from the sin of Egypt to the sevenfold promised land of first fruits. I will personally anoint and lay hands on all attending to receive the gift to teach prophecy and to walk in sevenfold miracles. This is not advertised to the public. This is for prophecy students who want to be empowered to serve in the last days. SevenfoldMiracleCrusades.com to register. SevenfoldMiracleCrusades.com. Sign up today. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. It was just a project. I didn't think anything special was going to happen, but I began to receive revelations. I'm talking about additional information deeper than just the scriptures. 30 revelations and two visions giving me more depth. God showed me a single word, first fruits, is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end-time events can be placed in chronological order. For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, the feast for the judgment seat of Christ on the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the New Jerusalem comes down to earth. And even though I've been in Bible prophecy for 40 years, I freely admit to you that I knew nothing that is revealed in this book supernaturally. So I'm pretty confident to say you probably know nothing that is in this book. All new information. One prophetic word said, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. 
It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Topics are the secret doors of Bible prophecy. Jesus returns from what feast? The secret of the feast. What are the two witnesses? What is the morning star? The judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne explained. What is the cry? The parables explained. Seals, trumpets, and vials in order. Imagine a book on prophecy which brings fresh, new, accurate information. The text is in two columns, making it easy to read. The back flap is two full-color prophecy charts, 12 inches by 9 inches, helping you to better understand Bible prophecy. Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy at prophecyclub.com. I don't want you to get one book for 20. Instead, get at least five for 30 or 10 for 55. That gives you extra books to give away. And that's what you'll do. If you just read the first 13 pages, I believe you'll be giving this book away to all of your friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. The Prophecy Club is on the tip of God's spear. Join the battle and prayerfully consider supporting the Prophecy Club with your gifts of support. We would not be here without your prayers and generous financial support.